Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. We're working our way through the Acts of the Apostles. We're almost at the end now, and we find Paul determined to go to Jerusalem, even though Agabus and other prophets had warned him that he would be arrested there. He didn't quite know why he would be arrested, but... We learn later that, of course, it was so that he would go to Rome, where he would be able to speak to so many more people there. So we're picking up the story in verse 26, in chapter 26, Colin. And this is Paul's defence before King Agrippa. Now, uh, I've mentioned yesterday that the closing chapters of, of Acts are really a series of events that took place Um, in Paul's life as he goes from Jerusalem eventually landing in Rome and the various defences that he had to make for himself along the way. And uh, this defence before uh, Agrippa is very interesting, I think, because Paul is really giving his personal testimony. Now, back in chapter 9, we read the account of of his conversion on the road to Damascus. But what we have here in verse 26 is really Paul's appraisal of this and how he himself had come out of the legalism of his religious upbringing into the freedom that he had in Christ. So I'm just going to read a whole section of this from chapter 26. Beginning of verse 2, King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defense against all the accusations of the Jews, and especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jews all knew the way I have lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they are willing, that according to the strictest sect of our religion, I lived as a Pharisee. And now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our fathers that I am on trial today. This is the promise our twelve tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. O King, it is because of this hope that the Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the saints in prison, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. In my obsession against them, I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, 
Why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. First to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and to the Gentiles also, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. That is why the Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But I have had God's help to this very day. And so I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Christ would suffer and as the first to rise from the dead would proclaim light to his own people and to the Gentiles. What an amazing statement. And all Scripture is written for our learning. And no doubt there are some listening to me now to whom these words are very, very pertinent. Perhaps you have been opposing Jesus, rejecting Jesus, denying the truth of what others have told you about Jesus. Well, Paul was just like you. Perhaps you were convinced that the whole of the Christian thing is a kind of hoax, that it's unreal, or that it has no relevance for you. Well, Paul was like that. What changed him was the encounter that he had with Jesus, with the realization that in opposing the Christian message, he had opposed God, that in persecuting Christians, he had actually persecuted Christ himself. That is what broke him. He mentions nothing here about being made blind and then Ananias coming to him and healing him of his blindness. But Paul understood that for all his religious zeal and enthusiasm in persecuting the church, he had in fact been spiritually blind. He hadn't understood who Jesus really is. He hadn't believed all the things that the Christians had told him about Jesus being God's Son, the Savior, sent to bring salvation to any who believe, whether Jew or Gentile.
So I believe that passages like this are there in the scriptures because as people read them or hear them read, as I've just read this passage, these words speak right into the situation and circumstances of some people. There will be others of you who hear this and say, yes, I was once like that. But praise God, I'm not like that anymore because I have been born again. And I do know Jesus. And he does live in me by the power of his spirit. He has given me his salvation. Now I'm not opposed to him, but I'm on his side. And just as Paul changed from the side of darkness to light, so now I am a child of light. I can walk in the light and I can spread the light. My light can shine before men just as Jesus said, so they see my good works and give glory to the Father in heaven. And I think you see one of the great things about this scripture is that it shows us the whole transforming nature of the gospel and of God's purpose, that he turns sinners into saints. He turns failures into success stories. He turns religious people into real men and women of the Spirit of God. He turns those with no sense of purpose into those who are led by God to fulfill a divine purpose that he is working out in the whole of his creation. What a contrast and what transformation. And you know, Paul, like us today, is not held responsible by God to how people respond to his message or respond to his testimony even. But we are given the responsibility by God, as well as the great privilege, of sharing that testimony, of sharing our faith in Jesus whenever we have the opportunity to do so. Because you never know what seeds of faith are being planted in the hearts of people as you do so. The chapter ends that with uh, Agrippa saying to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. So if you like, the die is cast. But Paul knows that is very much in the will of God and that really it doesn't matter what happens to him because God will still take him even as a prisoner to where he wants him to go and will give him whatever opportunities are right to witness to the truth of the gospel. No doubt he was praying for Agrippa because he was a man of great authority and influence. But what matters to Paul is that he completes the work that God has given him to do. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 